0: Hello, y'all. Welcome to the Super Sexy Podcast, an official podcast of the Hub City Review, where every other week we get together to speculate as to the sex lives of superheroes. It's locker room talk for nerds, geeks, fanboys, and any and all aficionados of pop culture. I'm your host, the hero of Hub City, Matthew J. Therio. And with me is a man of great power but no responsibility, Andy Taylor. We are the Super Sexy Podcasters. Today's topic. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whomever a spider can. That is right, we are talking about the Web Slinger. So, before we get into it, Andy, tell me a little bit about your uh, history with the character of Spider-Man. Well, he was
1: probably one of the first Marvel characters that I got into. Um, he's actually like, I, I would consider him to be like the, the, um, the, the first thing people dabble into when they get into Marvel comics. You know Spider-Man, and that's what I did. I mean, I I, I would read his. I, I for me, it wasn't the, the so much the comic books as it was the novelizations of it. I liked the stories, so I liked his story where he came from, and he felt like a normal person and felt like a regular kid, and and he, I could I could I could relate to that.
0: Gotcha. Okay, I've never been much for the novelizations. I've always loved the source material myself, the comics. I'll admit, Spider-Man. I have found a bit impenetrable at times. There are, of course, some of the classic Spider-Man runs I've jumped in on. Uh, I love Bendis' Ultimate Run, uh, at least uh, at the beginning of it. Uh, Dan Slott, I've come in on for him, uh, especially as Spider-Verse. That is easily my favorite of the Spider-Man uh, stories ever. I was just I just reread the entire thing last night, actually, uh, just for fun, not for this podcast, even. Uh, Spider-Geddon, love that one, like the spiritual successor to Spider-Verse. But for the most part, Spider-Man comics are sort of like a soap opera, where you need to have the entire history, and they're not going to lay it out for you, you just need to be familiar with what's been going on in the comics for the past 60 years. And trying to jump into a random mystery of Spider-Man, much more so than almost any other superhero, is like starting to watch a soap opera that's been on for 70 years on a random Wednesday afternoon, you're just gonna get a little bit lost. Not to say that, you know, Spider-Man is a bad character. He is absolutely one of the best, but he's also surprisingly for his popularity, niche. I kinda compare it to World of Warcraft or League of Legends. Huge, huge games, but a very small segment of the overall Gamer population and most gamers aren't playing Warcraft or League of Legends They look over at that huge crowd of other gamers and say huh now that is a niche thing over there and that's kind of how I've always seen spider-man, but the few uh, Times I have really forced myself to jump in because I've been really excited about a particular run. I have found it very rewarding He is such a great character. He is He's sort of like uh, Superman, but a little bit more relatable. He's uh, a teen with real home problems, and he's also a character that, even as a superhero, he's gonna get his ass kicked. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, he's a character that you 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 know his story, his origin story so well,
0: like you know Superman and Batman. Yeah, these are you know? American myths. You know, they've been told and retold by the great poets yes. of our culture time and again, and yeah. I can't wait to see how they progress throughout our lifetime. Not that I need to see so many more uh Spider-Man origin stories. Well, well the-
1: did, did you see the uh the release for the new MCU, the 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 the
0: list? Oh, Phase 4? Yeah, I saw that this morning. Wow. <laughs> uh I didn't see a Spider-Man movie on there though. Uh there is. There is. Uh
1: uh it's a it's a Spider uh oh. oh, man, what is it?
0: phase 4 Spider-Man well I'll tell you what my favorite Spider-Man movie is and that would be Spider-Verse and that one the they show the origin of how many different Spider-Man and it becomes just a joke people had been complaining man we've had three Spider-Man in the past decade we've seen the origin story we don't need to see it again and so Spider-Verse is like no we're going to show you his origin six more times
1: yeah uh, it's not in here. You're right. Uh, they they brought back
0: Blade of all things. Yeah, with uh, Maharshal Hashbaz Ali, who great actor in the MCU already. If you consider the Netflix part of the MCU, he was uh, Cottonmouth from Luke Cage.
1: Oh no shit. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, Luke. Marshhal- Marshal Ali. Uh, his full name. Most people don't realize this. Maharshal Hashbaz Ali. And Maharshal oh, okay. al-Hashbaz, longest name in the Bible. It means, speed the spoil, hasten the booty, in Hebrew. <laughs> wow. I'm not even making that up. True story. I, uh, I thought about wanting to name my own son, uh, Maharshal oh, oh, okay. al-Hashbaz. <laughs> yeah, Amar-Shallah. That's, that's the shorter name, so I'm gonna go with that. That's. Uh, I have to say, though, I think, uh, those Netflix shows, uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Daredevil, they were just as good as not better than most of the rest of the MCU. And it's kind of a shame that they're getting sidelined like this. Yeah. But uh, I'm very much looking forward to the uh, Disney Plus TV shows that are going to be far to Phase for especially Loki and Vision of yeah. Wanda. All of them, yeah. It's going to be I'm, great.
1: I'm, in, I'm intrigued about the what if.
0: Oh, especially. Now is that a show or a movie? That's a show, right? <sighs> Uh, yeah, that's a TV series. Yeah, I'll definitely be tuning in for that. What if? Oh my god. Right? Oh you no. want to? The Watcher?
1: <laughs> this is like, the, the, and Fantastic Four, like Captain Marvel 2, apparently like they're going all out.
0: Oh yeah, Fantastic Four are probably my favorite part of the entire Marvel Universe. Uh, Reed Richards is my favorite Marvel superhero. Him alongside uh, Doctor Strange, the two of them, yeah. I would love to see a team-up between those two. Or a team-up between Doctor Strange and Punisher. That is a classic pairing. And then they get Doctor Strange in the multiverse. Oh my god. The multiverse of madness, yes. Oh, and then, uh, you know what I'm surprisingly excited for? Thor, Love and Thunder. Because I was a little incredulous about the idea of, you know, replacing uh, Odinson with female Thor during Jason Aaron's run. But man, Jason Aaron, he completely sold me. He has the definitive Thor run of all time. And so the idea that they're gonna start to adapt that into future phases of the MCU gets me extremely excited. Now I really wanna see Chris Hemsworth's Thor take on Gore, the God Butcher, and have God Bomb, and all of those arcs that we've seen in recent years that are just some of the best storytelling comics I've ever seen. So very excited. Now, we just had a Spider-Man movie come out recently, Far From Home. You saw it. What did you think of it? I Well, I liked it, um, but then
1: I also had sort of my reservations because um, I got illusioned by uh, Mysterio, and I was really upset that his story wasn't true.
0: See, I... I never once really thought that Mysterio was going to be anything other than who he is in the comic books, which is the Master of Illusion, which is a special effects wizard. So I, I kind of saw the twist coming a mile away.
1: But uh, yeah, when, 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 he, when he was up there like uh, in the bar and he started like saying, like, they actually believed it, I was like,
0: I, I believed you. <laughs> I'm like, you're an asshole. I believed you. Yeah, I, uh, I've had a lot of friends tell me that they did not see that twist coming. Now, the twist that I did not see coming, which I think is one of the best surprises of the entire MCU, is the uh, end credits or the mid-credits scene where you have J. Jonah Jameson. And who is he but the only actor that could play J. Jonah Jameson? Yeah, J.K. Simmons. One of the great actors of our time. It was uh, You've
1: seen Whiplash, I take it? I, yeah, I've seen the scenes with him in it. I haven't seen the full film. I've only seen... The scenes where he's been filmed in it, because they've been so they've been on
0: YouTube. Yeah, Whiplash and, and La La Land. He is just a, such a phenomenal actor in those. Justice League, less so. <laughs> did, if you did you see, um,
1: uh, Oz? No, the, I did not. Uh, there was a TV show back in like, um, it, it was HBO back in like the 2000s, I think, the early 2000s or uh, late 90s. It was called Oz, and it was essentially like a. Um, it was a drama, uh, sort of taking Set place in a prison, of right? Jail. Huh? Yeah, you know about it, right? I- I've heard. Yeah. Oh, okay, and that's where he was in. Um, uh, J.K. Simmons, uh, started in there. Gotcha. He played. He played Schlesinger. I think it was. It was a um a white supremacist. Um, okay. One of the Aryan Brotherhoods. Yeah, he ends up uh, uh, hooking up with this uh this lawyer later on, and oh man, it's. It, it's it's a mess the, the the show is like was really good gotcha all right um, it, it was it was the one drama show you could watch as
0: a guy and go like holy shit this is good all right well let's get into today's topic yes. which is spider-man uh we talked about far from home now uh let's talk about his powers and personality specifically and how he would employ them in the bedroom what are your thoughts on this andy
1: well, all right, so he's going to be very athletic, obviously. Obviously. Uh, very, very twisty and turny, so... The, agile, uh, like a contortionist. Yeah, and the the his partner, whoever he's with at that moment, um, should reciprocate that in some way. Yeah, if she yeah. has some
0: flexibility of herself, they can really tie themselves in some knots. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and you got to think about it this way. Porn... None of those moves that they're doing are very natural for the most part. Unless you're watching amateur stuff, you're watching actors get into uncomfortable positions just for the sake of the camera. But for Spider-Man, he's used to contorting his body into uncomfortable positions. And, you know, you'd look at the way he hangs on the side of buildings and crawls up walls and whatnot. None of that would feel natural to a human being. But maybe some of those weird positions out of the Kama Sutra superman just fine. yeah yeah and
1: yep. uh, he uh well i i i i would see him as like a um as a he he could try a lot of things but i, I don't know he, he's just so busy i couldn't see him as like you know he he i mean he left mary jane most of the time to go save the city and she's just like all right then i'm pretty sure she just went over to her
0: vibrator you know. Yeah, that definitely gets into the personality aspect and you see that especially in far from home where he absolutely is a horn dog. He is only thinking about girls. He wants to get it on. He wants to make it happen. But that other part of his personality is the fact that he is a responsible guy or he feels like he ought to be a responsible guy and he is always going to give up the thing that he wants which is Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy or any of these other girls we're going to be talking about in order to do the right thing and to be the hero as Spider-Man. That that's really the tragedy of the character. You know, most most heroes in like mythology and whatnot, they have a tragic flaw like hubris, you know, something that's wrong with them, but the tragedy of Spider-Man is that he is too good of a person and that's why he's never going to get the things he wants.
1: So how long do you think Mary Jane's going to stay with him before she finally even gets fed up with him and leaves?
0: Well, we're actually going to be talking about that because we're going to go through his history uh, in the comics. And, yeah, he actually is the one that broke things off with her, as we're going to say, for a very, very stupid reason. Or are you talking uh, MJ from the movies?
1: Well, uh, anywhere. You know, eventually there's going to come a time where even... Even Mary Jane, no matter who she is, is gonna get fed up with like I can't keep he he keeps leaving, like he, he's like he's gone most of the night, you know. Spider Man must be exhausted.
0: Yeah, because he is not indefatigable like Superman or whatnot. So he does get tired. He does get sick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm so a, I'm just so let's get into uh... yes. Mary Jane Watson and some of his other love interests, briefly, let's talk about uh, how this actually has played out for Spider-Man in his love life in the comics and the movies. Now, Mary Jane Watson, to start off, inarguably the most iconic of Peter's Paramours, the lowest lane to his Clark Kent. In the comics, Mary Jane, she's first alluded to in Amazing Spider-Man number 25, but didn't have her first official appearance until 42, where at the end of the issue, she arrives at Peter's apartment for a long-awaited blind date set up by Aunt May. And now, in that infamous introductory panel, she says to Peter, Face it, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot. Now, this set the cadence for the core conceit of the character, a vivacious and fiery redhead and self-possessed party girl. She was hot and she knew it, advantaging her confidence and beauty into a successful career as a supermodel. Now, eventually, Peter and Mary Jane get married. You know, and during the off-the-ride-a-clones of saga, Mary Jane, she becomes pregnant, but the genetically abnormal fetus, it's delivered as a stillborn. Now, their marriage is dissolved in the arc entitled One More Day, when Peter literally makes a deal with the devil to save the life of his ailing octogenarian Aunt May in exchange for giving the Archdemon Mephisto all memory of his marriage to MJ, his own, her own, the whole world's marriage of it ever. Them ever being married. Now, in the alternate universe future of Spider Man Reign, Mary Jane, she died of cancer brought on by repeated exposure to Peter's radioactive ejaculate. Yeah, <laughs> right? It did.
1: She's probably said, you know, come in me too many times. Yep, and too it like turns t- out uh, little Peter's
0: web fluid, carcinogenic. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man!
1: She could have got like skin cancer
0: on the face or something like that. Like I, I forget which kind of her. cancer she gets. She
1: could have got breast cancer, you know.
0: Oh yeah, I see where you're going there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Instead, she probably died of ovarian cancer.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I see where you're going there. Oh, so uh, in a different future though, Peter and MJ they do have a daughter named Mayday Parker. Uh without Mary Jane dying of any kind of cancer. And uh, this Mayday Parker, she's become Spider-Girl. Uh, now, what I like about Mary Jane is this, that Peter Parker, he may have been a geek and a nerd you know, all throughout high school, but he is one of the smartest guys on the planet, and he is a superhero. And as soon as he comes into his own, Mary Jane is exactly the type of girl that he is going to... Deserve that he is going to be capable of getting a, a supermodel that is super confident in herself. Yes, why shouldn't you know a super smart, super handsome, super ripped, you know, super famous guy have all of that and more in his girlfriend? So that's what I like about Mary Jane. What? How about you?
1: Uh, uh, her body like she's just really <laughs> hot. <laughs> At least the way uh, she's drawn, yeah yeah at least, yeah at least the way she's drawn you know um and I, I i it's like she's almost like this uh what what's the word where she's um uh she's a box waiting to like explode like she's willing she's ready to do all types of things um and like she's almost denied every time she's like warf on 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 Star trek every time he's like you know raise the shield she's like why you know <laughs> Ah, Oh, what's
0: dating Peter you're saying?
1: Yeah. And even then it's like even when they're married, he's out constantly. So it's So you think, she think she's a bit to, of a nymphomaniac is what you're saying? She has to be. She, something must so, he must be doing something really well that uh she she stays there. Like he can keep her there.
0: I'm guessing it's that upside down kissing. Maybe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, among other uh among other acts. Now, uh, so you talked about how she was drawn in the comics, uh, but she was also been portrayed in live action. Uh, she was played by uh, Kirsten Dunst in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy, where uh, the character was part of the love triangle, you know, with the hero and his secret identity, which one of my favorite tropes in all comics and movies, uh, and where they did share that famous rain-soaked upside-down kiss. And a similar character named MJ, albeit with the first name of Michelle, and Definitely not a redhead, uh, is played by Zendaya in the MCU.
1: You know, I, I I'm I'm looking at Zendaya and I'm wondering whether or not she's like she could be a freak, you know, like secretly like she's she wants to do all types of stuff, or she's just plain like because she the the way she portrays the character, she just comes off as very like you know like edgy, but then like there's nothing behind it. You know, she's she's still just a scared person, just like anybody else. She just masks it by scene.
0: The, the curly hair, like, not well-dressed at all, Zendaya, that you see in the movies, especially Homecoming, I don't see it at all. When she's on the red carpet, she straightens her hair, puts on some makeup, then part of me is like, eh, okay, she's kind of all right, but never in a, man, that's the first girl I'm walking up to at the bar, kind of, uh, you know, like, She's just, she's just not that. Yeah, you know,
1: a few beers
0: and yeah, sure. Yeah, and then maybe a few more beers even. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to Gwen Stacy. Now, MJ, she might have been his wife, but the blonde bang Gwen Stacy was the, was she was Peter Parker's one true love. Uh, her, yeah, that's how I've always seen the character personally. Now, her father was NYPD Captain George Stacy. And after, oh, you want to say something? Like, like Alana Lang or something like that? No, I, I think Lana was just the high school crush or Superman. You know, Lois is his true love. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure who I would compare it to. But she, she's kind of the one that got away. But then, so much getaway as she fell away, quite literally. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now her. Uh, Her father was NYPD Captain George Stacy, but after he died due to collateral damage during one of Spider-Man's battles, Gwen, she began to resent Spider-Man unaware that she was dating his secret identity. Again, that classic love triangle in superhero comics. And as we were saying, she was killed in Amazing Spider-Man number 121 when the Green Goblin threw her off the George Washington Bridge. Now, various official sources contradict the cause of her death. Some maintain that the shock of the sudden fall stopped her heart in midair, while others say her neck snapped when Spider-Man shot her with his webs, stopping her descent too forcefully. Now, there's also various explanations as to the meta-cause of her death. Writer Jerry Conway, he said, uh, His motivation was to say fan demands to have Peter go back to dating MJ again. And he's got a quote where it says, Mary Jane hadn't lost the edge that made her an interesting character. Gwen didn't have an edge. She was just a nice person. Now, elsewhere it's recounted that Gwen made Peter too happy, and that loss and suffering were part of the character's appeal. So, what do you think about that? Um.
1: Well, is, I mean, is Peter allowed to be happy? Uh. Well, yeah. P- Peter should be allowed to be happy. Um. Uh, I. I think so. That some of the characters they're just sort of like when they when they're first written, they they're just sort of meant to be a background character, and then over time we develop more feelings for these characters, and we start to pick out things and go like, well, who's this person, and then try to expand upon that, but then. You have all the stuff in the previous comics that just didn't have them being that, uh, the person that I guess they are now or they're, they're seen differently. Um, I don't know how I'm going to say this, but, uh, yeah, she, Gwen wasn't written to have an edge to begin with. You know, she, she was always, yeah, she, like, she was, she was set to be a nice person. I mean,
0: she didn't have to die for that, you know, um. I I do think she had to die for that. Like Spider-Man, he needs some of uh, a little bit of Batman in him. You know, a little bit of that trauma. You know, he's got. Oh, you mean to d- develop the tragedy? Yeah, you know? he's got Uncle Ben. You know, and that fuels him pretty well. You know, just like uh, Thomas and Martha fuel Batman. But then Batman, he also lost Jason Todd. He's lost Robins and whatnot over the way. And I think Spider-Man, he needs a every few years a reminder. You know, about loss. Yeah, so I don't think he should be too too happy. So I I think that maybe it,
1: when she died, like um, she didn't die from like her heart stopping. She died probably died from having her neck snapped.
0: It's um, definitely possible. Those are the the two possibilities.
1: But then again, why why would he like? Honestly, I would have just just wrapped her up in like a cocoon as soon as it like, because it would have probably like protected her neck as well.
0: Yeah, but it's not that her neck snapped when it hit. Pavement or water or anything like that—it's no. that you know it snapped, you know, because of deceleration.
1: Yeah, uh, I was saying that if there if there was a way to like, oh, oh, that he probably did it yeah, at the last second,
0: like exactly, and yeah, okay. and yeah, there just was not enough time. In fact, Because Science with Kyle Hill just this last week uh, had a great video on why superheroes are saving people all wrong. It all has to do with deceleration and sudden stops and all that. I definitely suggest uh, our listeners take a look at it. That's definitely one of my favorite uh, YouTube channels, Because Science. I gotta say though, my, my favorite is Wisecrack, you know, mostly because I, I write for them. Uh, And I'm mostly their uh, superhero movie expert. That is my official job title. Uh, And, in fact, if you want to hear me talk a little bit more about Spider-Man Far From Home, I was just on their uh, recent episode of Show Me the Meaning. I've been on a few of those. uh, so Definitely take a listen to that, too. But uh, back to Gwen Stacy. (laughs) So we talked about the character in the comics, uh, but she was uh, in a few of the movies as well. Uh... She was played by, who was it, Brass Dallas Howard in Spider-Man 3. And she was also played by Emma Stone in the Amazing Spider-Man duology, the ones with uh, Andrew Garfield. And so Gwen has actually been reintroduced in the comics as well lately. Not the original one. She's one of the few comic book characters like, you know, Martha Wayne... uh, you know, that has actually stayed dead and not gotten a resurrection over the years. You know, people used to always say, oh, no one comes back in comics, or no one stays dead in comics except for Bucky Barnes, Jason Todd, and Gwen Stacy. And, yeah, the other two, they, they both got resurrected uh, recently in the past uh, 10, 15 years. Gwen, what they did, they just took a different Gwen film. The Spider-Verse from the Marvel Multiverse gave her some spider powers and uh, turned her into Ghost Spider, a.k.a. Spider-Gwen, a.k.a. Spider-Woman, a.k.a. Gwennem. She's, uh, she's had a lot of monikers in the short time she's been around. but uh, And that's the version of the character you see in the Spider-Verse movie. And that's also the version that appears in the uh, video game I'm playing now, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. You got her, Spider-Man... Miles Morales, Venom, a whole bunch of Spider folk. You play
1: that or no? Uh, no, I'm playing currently uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew.
0: All right. Do Do you own a Switch? No. Ah, no, okay. I, yeah, it's a Switch exclusive. I'm a I'm PC, all PC. Uh, I'm PC and Switch and Xbox One and PS4 right. and everything. Yeah, all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's go through the rest of these quick. And this is not going to be exhaustive by any means. Like this is just. Uh, a few love interests that the characters had uh, across media. Not, not all of them. That's a long, long list. But uh, probably the next most important one would be Felicia Hardy, a.k.a. The Black Cat, who is a supervillainist turned anti-heroine. And she has the power to negatively affect probability fields. And as a sultry and seductive black catsuit-clad cat burglar... Black cat is to Spider Man as Catwoman is to Batman. Ooh, okay. So, what do you think of cat suits and tight leather? Well, uh, pressed up, you know, oh, that whole look. I, I think it's
1: hot and it's sexy and it's very impractical if you're going to be a superhero. <laughs>
0: Most likely, yeah. I I can't say that I've ever. I've, I've had a lot of leather jackets, but nothing ever form fitting. Never tried to run around. And then you
1: you, you you spend the night jumping off of
0: rooftops and running in that thing. Oh, the smell, the heat. True. Yeah. Thankfully, comics, you know, don't have scratch and sniff or anything like that.
1: <laughs> like, I mean, as as the story progresses, you're like, oh man, that 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 suit has to reek by now.
0: <laughs> True. Well, her costume does breathe a little bit, uh, especially in the chest area. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, she's not sweating too much there. (laughs) Now, uh, she has had an on-again off-again relationship with Spider-Man, though expresses less affection towards his alter ego. She's pretty much the opposite of Gwen Stacy that way. Felicia Hardy, she likes Spider-Man, but doesn't really care too much for Peter Parker. Uh, And a pre- Black Cat Felicia Hardy. She has been portrayed on screen by Felicia Jones in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And Felicia Jones as you know, uh she was uh in Rogue One. She was a star of that movie, Gina Erso which is my personal favorite movie of all time. So, props to her for that. Moving on, Betty yeah. Brant. She in the comics at least J. Jonah Jameson's secretary at the Daily Bugle. She briefly dated Peter, but broke up with him when she suspected he harbored feelings for another entry on our list, Liz Allen. Now, she, she's also been in the movies, uh, portrayed by Elizabeth Banks in the Sam Raimi trilogy and Gory Ross in the MCU. Now, in the comics, she marries Ned, whereas in the films, uh, their high school romance only lasts for the duration of that class trip to Europe as you saw in the movie yeah with, with Ned right? yeah Ned yeah, that, that's the guy in the comics that she marries which he, he is not uh, not fat in the comics the Ned of the movies is kind of a uh, an amalgam of two different characters uh, the original Ned and Gengi from the ultimate universe who was basically Miles Morales' uh, man in the chair, his best friend, all that. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I do think it was good casting. I, I think a lot of the casting in those movies was bad, but getting uh, the Amalgam character there, making him look like Gengi, uh, that that made sense to me.
1: And I, I think Andrew, uh is probably the very, I mean, the, the look, she nailed it.
0: Not necessarily the look of Betty Brant from the comics, but, you know, definitely uh, definitely a pretty up-and-coming actress that I want to see more of her in. Uh, she she is in the new season of Black Mirror, you uh, know, terrible, terrible Black Mirror episode with Miley Cyrus, because uh, that show was so good, and this last season just so not. But, yeah, they, they've got a few uh, MCU alumni in there. They've got... Uh, Anthony Mackey Falcon in the first one, too, where... That's a weird episode. We, we don't have to get into it, though. <laughs> Let's uh, power through the rest of this list. Moving on to Snindy Moon, a.k.a. Silk. Now, she was bitten by the same radioactive spider that bit Peter like moments after it had bit him, and as a result, gained similar spider-themed powers. Now, this shared biology has resulted in the quirk wherein Peter and Sydney cannot be in close proximity to one another without experiencing any intense and nearly uncontrollable desire for one another. Like, they just want to go at it less like spiders and more like bunnies. Really? Uh, yeah. Th- that's basically the whole first issue of Dan Slott's Spider-Verse, you know, where you see a few different spider man from throughout the multiverse get killed, and you see Peter Parker and Sydney just wanting to get it on. Wow. Yeah. Great way to start a comic.
1: <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm wondering if she has like that same thing, like uh, you know how a lot of insects they'll kill the mate, you know, right after it gets done impregnating them. Yeah, the like a praying mantis. Do I don't know, or some spiders do it. You do know, you spiders like the, do that? Black widows.
0: Really? Oh yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Although, Black Widow, very, very different uh, comic book character. Yeah. Although, there, there is a Black Widow that is a member of, like, the Spider-Verse. Oh, really? Yeah, different than Natasha Romanov. Oh, okay. All right, the final entry on our list, as alluded to, Liz Allen. She appeared all the way back in Spider-Man's initial debut in the pages of Amazing Fantasy XV, uh, where Liz Allen was the most popular girl at Midtown High, although she wasn't actually named in that first issue. She doesn't get her name until Spider-Man number four, to my recollection. Uh, she started off as the girlfriend of Peter's most pernicious bully, Flash Thompson, uh, who, the Flash Thompson of the comics much more like the Flash Thompson of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies yeah. than the, the latest one, where he's just this uh, rich kid whose parents don't love him. Yeah,
1: they 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 present they they have they give him presents for presents.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, later Liz Allen, she actually married Harry Osborne and she even had a son with him, uh, but obviously that did not work out uh, too well, and afterwards she became a love interest of Daredevil, his best friend, Foggy Nelson. Uh who you know from the uh, Netflix universe as the kid from Mighty Ducks. Uh, Now, an inspired character named Liz Toombs is portrayed by Laura Harrier in Homecoming, and she kind of serves as the film's female lead, being both Peter's crush and the daughter of villain Adrian Toombs, a.k.a. Vulture. And that's the only reason they renamed the character from Liz Allen to Liz Toombs, to make her the Vulture's daughter in the big reveal of that film.
1: Now, she at the end of the movie, she has to leave. So I'm wondering if she changes her last name to sort of when she goes into hiding.
0: That is very possible. I do not know, and it's also possible she might come back uh, in the MCU. I've heard speculation there. Not that we need her to. The MCU has has has
1: started bringing back characters that that, that like it, like this uh, Spider-Man Far From Home was bringing back uh, Iron Man One characters
0: yeah you know? absolutely and... i was
1: suddenly i was like oh the, he, that was the person that wow i didn't know that and he was just like next thing you know it, it makes you want to go back and watch all the old movies and know where every person was a dick to another person for no reason and you're like oh he's going to be a villain later on in the movie
0: yep uh i just want to rewatch the mcb movies anyway regardless <laughs> and iron man
1: was a dick to everybody so there's going to be a lot of villains later on
0: This is true. That's really what the Spider-Man movies are all about, you know, cleaning up after Iron Man's mess. At least the two two MCU ones. Yeah. So, uh, all right, let's move into our end segments now. We have a few recurring segments that we're going to do at the end of every podcast, and the first one we like to call Men Want to Be Him. Now, Andy, in this segment, we're going to be talking about if you could resemble any actor that has portrayed Spider-Man in live action, who would you look like? And you got a few options here. You got Tobey Maguire from the Sam Raimi movies, you got Andrew Garfield from the Amazing Spider-Man movies, and you got Tom Holland from the MCU. Who are you going with and why? All right. Well, who
1: I can't go with, I can't go with Andrew Garfield. And one of the things was is if you look in that in the movie he I don't know they they chose not to get him like he, Spider-Man is is lanky lengthy and like um he's uh he's not scrawny I mean he's got muscle but I mean Andrew Garfield looked like a twig in that Oh I mean, yeah
0: he he was a total twig he was, a, was like, more than a twig he was a twink in that film
1: yeah, I'm like, no, that's not how Spider-Man's supposed to look. It's supposed to be, he's supposed to be, uh, like, I, 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 I don't know the words uh, to describe it, but he, he does have muscle. In fact, it would be like, he would be, the suit would be basically tight on him and you would see muscles, like, all over his body. But he would be like, uh, like an ectomorph, like a skinny body and like, but with muscles.
0: New rule. You are not allowed to be cast as a superhero in a major superhero movie or TV show if I have more muscle than you do. So no, Andrew Garfield, you don't get to play Spider-Man. No, Grant Gustin, you do not get to play Flash. And in fact, if I see either of you at Comic-Con, I will challenge you to a fight in order to take the, you know, title role from you. Not that I could, you know, look the part, obviously. Uh, my my face doesn't exactly look like uh, Spider Man or Flash, but still, if I could fight anyone in human history, probably Andrew Garfield or Grant Gustin or Gandhi. Um, <laughs> Gandhi.
1: Uh, I I would say Tom Holland. Tom Holland would be like he. I think he's the full, he's got the full package.
0: Yeah, he doesn't have the weird face of Tobey Maguire. Even though Tobey Maguire at the first movie definitely had more muscle mass, you know, definitely had you know a better body. Tom Holland, you're right, he has got the square jaw, he has got you know like the classically handsome face, prominent uh, cheekbones, and he also you know as uh, Zendaya was fine, he's he's got some muscle to him.
1: And He's got the personality. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. I, I, like even his his real life personality often matches a lot of the uh, Spider Man, and yeah, I don't those, know
0: too much about his real life personality. Other than well, the fact I, that I, he, I, he spoils everything.
1: Yeah, from what I've seen on the uh, the 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 clips and stuff that they play and everything, where he's always a guest on there, you you can you can see that the the character isn't that far off from the person.
0: Gotcha. All right
1: yeah and it's it it, it's really humbling too i mean it's 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 to see that character is kind of humbling for him you know because he's not just he's not out there trying to be somebody different he's being himself cool
0: all right well i think we were both in agreement then so let us move on to another segment the casting couch now in this it's a two-part we're gonna start talking about uh who is the most attractive actress to portray Spider-Man's love interest in live action? And I'm going to give you a few different options here. Now you have Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane Watson in Spider-Man. Elizabeth Banks as Betty Brant in Spider-Man. And even though she wasn't a love interest in the movie, we're just the ones from the comics that had live action uh, appearances. So we got Bryce Dallas Howard as Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man 3. Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy in The Amazing Spider-Man, Felicity Jones as Felicia Hardy in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Laura Harrier as Liz Allen in Spider-Man Homecoming, Zendaya as MJ in Homecoming, and Gory Ross as Betty Brant in the MCU, and Tiffany Eppinson as Sydney Moon in Homecoming. Very, very background character doesn't have any speaking lines, but apparently she's in there, and she's actually in Infinity War too. I, I never even knew until I was looking up the character. Yeah. So, so what uh what do you think about that list?
1: All right. Um. Well. Uh, it, you know, it's it's a it's a fight between Bryce Dallas Howard and Andrew Rice.
0: Angori Russ. Uh Angori Rice. Sorry. I think there's a lot of merit in Goree Reyes. Like I said, I think she's absolutely an up-and-coming newcomer. Uh, Kirsten Dunst, I think in her first uh, cheerleading movie, whatever it was, Step It Up, or I think that was it. Uh, Very pretty as a blonde, as a redhead, never really did it for me. Uh, Elizabeth Banks, now I think, whew, yeah, now she is... She is high, and even with the weird, uh, you know, wig was she wearing, or you know, even as a brunette, you know, with that weird haircut, she was still, you know, had those pretty eyes, clear skin. Bryce Dallas Howard, you know, beautiful in uh, the new Jurassic World movies. Uh, she was okay as Gwen Stacy. Part part of yeah. Gwen Stacy's problem, to get the character right, you have to have the bangs. They are as iconic to her as they are, as like, red tights are to Superman. However, they're a product of the 60s. Because the character was a product of the 60s. She was created then, she died then, and she just kind of got fossilized in that same hairstyle that hasn't really translated. Like, there's a reason it went out of style, and it's not coming back. Uh, but you have to portray her with those, and they don't really work for a lot of actresses, Bryce Dallas included. Well, I mean, I, honestly,
1: uh, I don't see her. Like, in in the Spider-Man movie, it, she wasn't really that hot. Outside of it? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I've seen her in other things. It's like, she's got that, she has that body. I like, like, I like that. Yeah. A little thicker? Yeah, th- 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 thicker, but, like, in the right places, like, she curves right, you know, it's not, it's not excess, it's not, she doesn't have rolls, like, it's not, like...
0: See, I'm very much for, like, the super skinny waifs, almost, like, I'd much like rather... Zendaya. Out... Like Zendaya? Zendaya, I will give her that, she does have a good body. She's got what I like to call a bedinka dink instead of a badonkadonk. donk. <laughs> Now, Emma Stone, I don't think there's much redeeming about Emma Stone. Like, she got her introduction in Superbad, where she was the realistic love interest of Fat Jonah Hill. And I think about, that's about like her potential, really. I think that was a good pairing for her, and I don't think she should be reaching for no Spider-Man. Like That's a bit above her station. <laughs> she is just not an attractive woman. Now, Felicity Jones, on the other hand, she is a very attractive woman, and to my understanding, still single? I could be wrong about that, but uh, regardless, if I run into her at Comic-Con this year, I will ask her out for some drinks. That, that goes for a few of these characters. And Gory Ross, I don't know, is she 21 yet? Could I actually buy her a cocktail at Comic-Con? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I think she might be like 19. Uh,
1: let's see. Let's see. She is eight, 17 to 18. She was born in
0: 2001. Okay, she's got to be at least 18 now. Ooh. So I ain't buying her a cocktail then. Nope. <laughs> Alright, well... Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe a few Comic Cons from now. At least we know she ain't married. And uh, <laughs> Tiffany Eftenson. Espinon. However you pronounce her last name. Uh, pretty girl. An offensive face. Uh prettier than Zendaya or Laura Harrier who oh my God, she just has nothing redeeming about her, not even when I was drunk. <laughs> but uh, you know, Tiffany Epson, she's prettier than them but not as pretty as a Brest Dallas or an Elizabeth Banks or a Felicity Jones. Personally, I I think Elizabeth Banks might be the prettiest on this list, especially in the uh, in the films that we're talking about. Felicity Jones though is the one that I probably you know, if this was, you know, Bach Mara, Kill, she she'd be my Mary, whereas uh Elizabeth Banks would be my uh Bach. And Laura Harrier is my kill. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, I
1: honestly it's like I don't know. She did she didn't really like do it for me in that in the in that movie. Not like, at just all. sort of like it... She she just was there, like, to, to fill a spot as to be a character, and that was it. And then she was gone, and it was like, all right, next movie. And, and she
0: was such an essential character to that movie. Like, you're supposed to feel for Spider-Man wanting to, like, go out with her instead of being Spider-Man. Like, hell no. Much rather be Spider-Man. Much more fun doing that than going after Liz Toombs. But
1: Adrian Toombs. Now that's a good character. That, that oh, was
0: so well acted on the part of uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah, he is
1: uh, he, he was almost born to play this character. Yeah. And know? such
0: such a well written character, you really believed, like you felt for him like when Tony Stark was such an ass and ripped up his multi or like million dollar contract, like the fact that he took up a life of crime, like hell yeah, stick it to that crony Capitalist bastard Iron Man.
1: <laughs> and it, you know, he's going to come back. Like, they've got to get the Sinister Six. They've got to get. Oh, Vulture. hell yeah. yeah. They've got to that... get all the other characters. Mysterio's got to come in there. Like, it's got to be everybody, you know?
0: Agreed, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, where uh, Edith tells Spider Man, no, this is not an illusion. You know, he's really dead. I wouldn't be surprised if that was an illusion by Mysterio. And, yes! And <laughs> that he's really alive yeah no that's
1: what i was thinking the entire time i'm thinking like well if he's the master of illusion how much do you want to bet that he faked all that the whole thing that was on there like even oh, him yeah. getting shot was fake like he was probably in the one that was on the other side watching the entire time I- i'm like, hoping so oh man because if he survives you know
0: yeah uh, no yeah. no send some sticks coming up absolutely Alright, now let's uh move on to the second half of the casting couch. Which actresses today in twenty nineteen, you're filming your own Spider Man movie, you gotta cast Mary Jean Watson and Gwen Stacy, who do you cast for those roles? Okay. Uh well
1: I I chose a an actress, um I just uh, somebody that's attractive today, you know. I didn't really choose Absolutely. I, don't know, I don't know what she's capable of, you know? Hopefully, they can work around it. Um, <laughs> um, but I chose this uh, this girl, uh, Madison Davenport. All right. I'm not familiar as, with as a, her. Do you know what I, she's been in or not? No. no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I picked her because she looked hot, and I thought I was like, oh, that's a good Gwen Stacy. All
0: right. Not a natural blonde, correct?
1: Yeah, not a natural blonde, but, I mean, they can work around that. They can, they can obviously change her hair color and
0: stuff. Yeah. I'm very much about getting all the actors and actresses to resemble their comic book characters as much as possible. I'm a comics fan. I would just want to see that translated into live action. I don't need radical reinterpretations of the characters.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, like, let's say that we meet every requirement, like, they, or every, everything that's, like, they're, they've got the face, they've got the body. The only difference is that their hair color is red instead of blonde or whatever for me it was like that part can change we can always die that and but i mean we i want the look i want to i want to basically visually go like oh yeah this is it this is this is spider-man you know
0: agreed agreed now who are you casting as uh mary jane
1: uh this girl named anna sophia robb
0: I, I'm familiar with her, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, or Willy Wonka. Oh, the, the remake. The remake. Oh. Yeah. Is she does. She play the uh, spoiled brat girl. No, she plays uh, the one that's really competitive that chews gum all the time. Oh, the one that turns into the, uh, the Violet blueberry. Beauregard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. What else has is. she been on? Uh, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's like um. I just chose again the 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 actress that looked good.
0: Yeah. Oh, she is definitely like from being a child actress. She's aged well. So, I uh, not not poorly chosen on yours. Now, I I have some different picks myself. For Mary Jane, I I think you absolutely have to go with Bella Thorne. Like she is just at that perfect age where she could still like, if you're doing a movie set across a few years, she could play. Senior year Mary Jane Watson prettiest girl in school and then you can transition to where she is a supermodel and you can believe That she is head cheerleader or she is international supermodel and She's just got all of that, you know going on for her She is just that gorgeous and she is that natural redhead great body confident Yeah, I I think she is just the natural choice to play Mary Jane Watson now Gwen Stacy, there were two actresses that I was thinking of for the role. The the first, Natalie Allen-Lind, just a pretty blonde. She's actually been in a Marvel property recently. She was on The Gifted on Fox. Now, who I think has really the absolute look of the comic character, you just put some bangs on her, and that is Gwen Stacy, is a girl named Jordan Jones, Jordan with a Y. Uh, And she has that... Kind of upturned, tiny little nose that I think, you know, the comics always drew Gwen Stacy with. Uh, So, yeah. And she's got the body for it, the the blonde, platinum hair for it. Yeah, just everything about her screams Gwen Stacy. So, I I can see. I don't know that she can act at all. I think she's more of a model than an actress to my understanding. But, again, what does that matter?
1: she kind of reminds me she kind of looks a little bit like brie olsen
0: uh a younger brie olsen i i can kind of see that yeah all right so that is the casting couch and that moves us on to our final segment that we like to call so I'm at the bar and as you can guess this is a brief anecdote uh you know from part of my past and sometimes we can do part of your past uh That usually will begin, so I'm at the bar. So, Andy, I'm at the bar, and it's a Friday night. I'm there for karaoke, and it's the basement part of the bar. Uh, There's a pretty decent crowd, and I know it's a few months before the end of school. Uh, Now, there's this big crowd of folk. That are all sitting at one table together. And they're all these different ages. And it turns out it's like this one big family. For some reason, uh, this family decided to come to a college bar on you know a Friday night during the school year. Which you don't normally <laughs> see. Yeah. And so that was a bit surprising. But even more surprising, one of the older women, I'd put her late 30s, early 40s, she walks up to me. And I think, okay, now here's another cougar that I got to like swat away. But she says, "Howdy, cowboy! Would you like to meet my niece?" Now I haven't been I haven't been looking at this family all that close. I, I didn't even notice that there was like you know a young girl with them or whatnot. Uh, so I don't know who she looks like, and I just have to say in the moment, you know, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go meet your niece. So she walks me over, and it's this 21-year-old, very, very attractive girl, and she and I, we hit it off. We get to talking. We get to drinking. Uh, and apparently, from what I'm told, and a lot of these stories are going to end with, from what I'm told, <laughs> uh, we, me and the whole family and some of my friends, we uh, bar hopped for a little bit. Uh, we ended up at a much nicer cocktail bar that night, where My behavior was less than stellar. Apparently, me and this girl could not be torn apart. We were making out hardcore in front of her parents, including her father, and they literally tried to physically separate us, and we were not having any of that. Now, the bad part about this that I had no idea. Now, this man, her father, was the sheriff of one of the 10 largest cities in America and he was concealed and carrying. You know, like He had his gun on his person at that time that I was being publicly intoxicated and making out with his daughter. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I've never had a father so mad at me since I made out with my dad's boss's daughter when I was five years old in front of him. My, my dad and his boss were both pissed off at me. <laughs> Yeah, that's what started this all. (laughs) My very first kiss, and they've all kind of been like that since. (laughs) So, that is it for our episode on Spider-Man. Now, folks can follow us uh, by subscribing on iTunes to the feed. We are also on Facebook, uh, the Super Sexy Podcast. We'll be starting up a Twitter feed uh, shortly and whatnot. And if you want to follow me, you can find my work over at Wisecrack's YouTube page. Uh, a lot of the superhero stuff is mine. Uh, or you can follow me on Twitter at Matt J. Theriot. That is T H E R I A U L T. Thanks for listening, y'all.